0: Coming up, Universal switches tickets to date-based pricing, Volcano Bay is cutting back operating days, and the Halloween Horror Nights Tribute Store is complete, for at least the time being, on this week's episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. This is episode 272 of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. The Diz Unplugged Universal Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect universal vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the DisUnplugged Universal Edition. I'm your host, Craig Williams, and this week we're doing something a little bit different. This is an audio-exclusive episode. So for those of you out there who typically listen to the podcast, you are not going to notice anything different at all. But for everyone who typically watches our videos, uh, unfortunately, you are not seeing it this way. So you have to listen if you want to hear this information, and that doesn't mean that we're we're going to do this forever. Obviously, that's not the case. Uh, this is just uh, a little bit special. So uh, it's been a crazy, hectic week in terms of what to talk about on this week's show. It's basically all news based, so uh, there's not really need for a lot of visuals anyway. So I figured, hey, why not just do an audio version? And then uh, when we get some time to go back over to Universal, maybe do like an in park vlog or a live stream or something. Something to still satisfy the uh, the live element of of seeing Universal and such, rather than than just watching us sit there and talk about Universal and you know getting kind of boring. And I, I know we've done it in the past, but I just want to make sure that uh, we're not we're not doing anything that's boring, it, too boring. That is, you know, we need to be a little bit boring, but not not all the way there. So. Just trying this one as an audio only and seeing where it goes. And as I just alluded to, this is uh, going to be mainly a a news-based episode talking about some of the recent news of what's going on at Universal Orlando Resort. And first up, we are going to talk about Universal Orlando tickets and how they have now switched to a date-based ticket pricing system. So the old way that you would buy tickets at Universal, not the old way you would buy them, but the old pricing structure was based on value, regular, or anytime or peak pricing. And with that, the, the value tickets, of course, are they were only good on value days and that's when the price was at its lowest. Regular tickets had a little bit of fluctuation and that they were they they were good when it was a regular days or you could also use them on those value days and then you had the the peak anytime and that's if you genuinely have no idea when you're going to travel so you are willing to just pay the the highest price possible and that way you have that flexibility and you know what it was not a bad system. It was a little bit easier to understand than Disney and their, their date-based pricing that they chose to go with. Uh, but ultimately, now Universal is doing date-based pricing, too. So clearly, they see a benefit of using this system. And, and you know what? It's actually not a bad decision when you think about the fact that there are still so many people who like to combine their vacations. They like to throw in a little bit of Universal with a little bit of Disney. And if they know how to pay for Disney in this one way, then it only makes sense to also have a similar system set up over at Universal Orlando. So I don't think it's genuinely that big of a deal. And and even, uh, even when you really break it down and look at the numbers, a lot of the pricing only really matters when when you're talking about one-day tickets. So looking at the September calendar, if you're willing to, to travel during the weekdays to go to the parks, uh, most weekdays in September are looking at $109 for a one-day ticket. And once you get to the weekends on Fridays it jumps up to $125 on Saturdays it's $130 so then you have this big leap in pricing but that's that is just something that you can see and look at and be like okay well now i know i want to make sure that i'm planning my day to visit on a day that they expect to be a little a little bit slower so it's really helpful in that way, even more than their old system of value, regular, anytime pricing was. So it's, it's just more beneficial to the guests actually coming that they can now use this as a judgment system of when they should actually plan their vacation. And with multi day tickets, it, it gets even simpler because you now have a way to actually add in a little bit of extra savings. And the reason for that is because the the multi-day tickets actually have a larger uh, validation window. So if you buy a 2-day ticket, you actually have 5 days that the ticket is valid once you hit that start date. And then for a 3-day ticket, you have 6 days four-day ticket, you have seven days, and a five-day ticket, the maximum ticket at Universal Orlando, you have eight days. Once you select the first day of your ticket, your start day, at that point, that will determine what your average pricing is as you go through the rest of your stay. So you have that three-day ticket that's technically good for six days, uh, you are going to pay an average price based on what you select as the start date. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be the first day that you use the ticket, but that is your actual start date that you can start to use the ticket. So Technically, you could try to save yourself a little bit of money by selecting a start date that has a better average ticket price. But then you also have to factor in too that as you add on these extra days, especially a three, four, five day ticket, you're talking about a a much bigger discount on the price, uh, on the average pricing for your ticket. So uh, it, it really doesn't start to make financially that big of a difference about like moving around your selected start date and such once you get to a three, four, five day ticket. But it really does. uh, It it makes a big difference when it comes to a one day park ticket. So keep that in mind if you have uh, if you need to buy tickets soon for an upcoming trip. And another thing to keep in mind, too, it's running all the way through September 30th. But there is A special deal right now that you can get a a, buy two days and get two days free at the park. So you essentially get a four day ticket for the price of two days, which is really, really awesome. It's a very good deal. And this promotion is going on for a, a long time. Like this goes into, this goes into actually 2021. December 17th, 2021 is the final day you can use that ticket. So, if you think you're coming even in 2021 and you you're probably going to be here for 4 days, then definitely get this offer while you can. It has to be purchased now through September 30th, 2020, but it can be used through December 17th, 2021. So, Take advantage of this deal if you are able to. So that is the new changes with Universal Orlando ticket pricing. We are now going to move into the hotel situation currently happening at Universal Orlando Resort. Effective August 21st, Low Sapphire Falls Resort and Universal's Aventura Hotel closed. There are no longer reservations being accepted at those hotels for the time being. Uh, the rumors right now flying around are that they will not reopen in 2020 along with the other resorts that never opened up after the reopening of Universal Orlando Resort. Of course, those hotels are Lowe's Portofino Bay Hotel and Universal's Endless Summer Resort Dockside Inn and Suites. However, the rest of the hotels are still operating. Hard Rock Hotel, Lowe's Royal Pacific Resort, Universal's Cabana Bay Beach Resort, and Universal's Endless Summer Resort Surfside Inn and Suites. They are all currently open, and if you did have a reservation at Sapphire Falls or Aventura, uh, Anytime after August 21st when those hotels did close down, you will be accommodated at one of the other hotels, so it's not like you're just being canceled on and and you no longer get to come to Universal because you don't have a hotel reservation, they will take care of that. And if you have an upcoming reservation at either of those hotels or any of the other hotels that never opened, again, Portofino Bay and Dockside Inn and Suites, then you need to get in touch with Universal Orlando. If you booked your vacation directly through Universal, get in touch with them. If you used a travel agent like Dreams Unlimited Travel, then obviously get in touch with your agent that so uh, that way you can get your hotel situation sorted out but yes for the time being now universal is just down to those four hotels being open and it, it makes a lot of sense if the hotels aren't operating at the capacity level that they expected to, then they don't really need to double up on hotels that they don't necessarily need. So uh, with with Cabana Bay Beach Resort, that is such a massive hotel, and that's in the exact same price category that Aventura was in. And when you really compare that together, there's so much room at Cabana Bay that you don't really necessarily need Aventura operating and running. it's If people want that price point, they have Cabana Bay. And I know it's two different themes to the hotel, so maybe you prefer the stylistic elements of Aventura over Cabana Bay and you like some of the other touches, dining there, etc. But in terms of just looking at it from a price point structure, it makes sense to only have one of those hotels open. With Sapphire Falls, it just falls no pun intended into this weird category that it it makes it a perfect convention hotel when no pandemic is happening or anything it has a lot of group space so the size of the hotel is definitely a benefit for that it has the convention space it has dining that really works out with, with conventioners as well too. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's perfect for anyone who just wants to, wants to go to universal and, and eat a meal as well too. But it, it truly is kind of a convention hotel that it doesn't make a lot of sense to have open when no conventions are actually happening because it, it, it You're, you're falling into a price point between Cabana Bay and Royal Pacific for Sapphire Falls. And you're getting pretty much the same perks that Cabana Bay gets versus the perks that Royal Pacific gets. So you might as well take the price cut and just stay at Cabana Bay. I know that, you know, the, the beds are, Slightly nicer at Sapphire Falls. At least they felt nicer to me in a way. And I love Cabana Bay. So don't get me wrong about that. I'm not, I'm not trying, trying to knock it or anything. It just, it feels a little bit uh, more classy and upscale at Sapphire Falls in a way. Uh, maybe again, the aesthetic, the pools, all of that speaks to you more than what is happening over at Cabana Bay, but it's still, you're not getting enough to take it up to that next level. Like a Royal Pacific Resort, you're not getting that, that. Express Pass or anything with it, so it just feels like it falls into a gray area where it's just not necessary at this time, and it's sad that it has to close as well as Aventura because that just means there's there's less opportunities out there for people to work right now. Even if some are relocated to other resorts and such, it's still if unless more people start coming and you need more assistance with that, it's just they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. So it's sad that they're having to close down those hotels and hopefully everything's able to, to get a bump even maybe in December, a lot of people start traveling during that point in time for the holidays and such and, and really starting to turn everything around. But right now it's just, it's, it's not looking good from what everyone's talking about in terms of these hotels looking like they're going to be closed at least through 2020. But, Another sign that points to bad news on this front is that Volcano Bay is actually going to be reducing the days that they operate. Starting September 8th, Volcano Bay will be closed on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And the main reason for this, of course, too, is just operational necessity. Uh, If people are mostly coming to Volcano Bay on the weekends, then, you know, it definitely makes sense to have it open up on Saturday, Sunday, then also on on Friday and Monday for the people who are making long weekends out of their vacations and such. That all makes sense. I know you have Wednesday just stuck there in the middle. I'm guessing that's more or less a way to make sure that people are still getting their five days of work in so that way they're not starting to have to cut back on hours and, and putting more people into jeopardy because of that. But I get reducing the operational days of Volcano Bay right now. When you look down the road at Walt Disney World, they don't even have Typhoon Lagoon or Blizzard Beach open up yet. So... The fact that Volcano Bay is even running is, is a much bigger deal in the long run. And on top of that, it is still popular every single weekend, especially right now while, while the weather's so perfect. And I have a lot of friends who are enjoying going there during the weekdays as well, too, because it's not that busy. It's, it's a great place to cool off and enjoy. So I, I think that this is probably a good financial decision right now for universal Orlando. And, and it's something that might last quite a while, you know, cause we're about we're we're still in the hot time of year for down here. And we'll, we'll be going through that through October and sometimes into November. And heck, even sometimes in December, it doesn't quite necessarily cool down to the point that you wouldn't want to go to a water park, but uh, it's, Once, once we hit that cold time of year, of course it's slow and Volcano Bay is used to closing multiple days out of the week when it is really cold outside. So it's, it, this is something that will probably last all the way through to next summer. If, unless something completely turns around. But just keep that in mind. If you are coming to Universal Orlando and you have Volcano Bay in your plans, you need to make sure that that does not include a Tuesday or Thursday after September 8th. Let's move into our final news topic. And the only one that visually would have worked out if we would have done a video show, but you can Uh, Actually, go to universal.wdwinfo.com or you can go to the Diz YouTube channel, youtube.com slash WDWinfo and get the visuals that go along with the story. And that is that the final two rooms have opened in the Halloween Horror Nights Tribute Store at Universal Studios Florida. Of course, the store has been open for a couple weeks at this point, and the store opened up with two rooms, one that was dedicated to Frankenstein and selling a lot of the classic monsters merch, and then another one featuring Jack the Clown and kind of paying tribute to the Halloween Horror Nights icons and selling a lot of the Halloween Horror Nights throwback merchandise that was made for the event that wasn't actually happening. And that was the store at opening, but now it has two extra rooms that just opened up. And one is a very popular room that people are losing their minds over, and that is a Beetlejuice room. So last week, of course, they released the Beetlejuice face coverings, which got everyone excited because it pretty much hinted to the fact that there was going to be a Beetlejuice house at Halloween Horror Nights. If if you follow the rumors and news and speculation for that, you've known that for a very long time. And yes, it was a reality. There was going to be a Beetlejuice house. It shouldn't even be considered a rumor anymore. Even once the merchandise started Started to appear at that point, it shouldn't have been a rumor anymore because it was pretty much set in stone. Everyone knew that it it was happening, but uh yes, the the merchandise does add that extra level of confirmation onto onto it all. And so, Beetlejuice merchandise starts spilling out into the parks, and then we have a full room dedicated to Beetlejuice. The thing I don't know about the Beetlejuice room in the Tribute Store is where did all of those props come from? Were those props that were made for the house? Was this Beetlejuice room always planned and uh, that was going to be added in anyway, so it's separate from what was going in the house? I don't know. And I haven't seen an answer, at least that popped up in my radar. I'm sure people are talking about it on one of the great forums out there that I, I just haven't had time to look at to get those answers to. But Regardless, we still get a little bit of a taste of Beetlejuice in this room and and I think that's that's a great thing. We all love Beetlejuice, even though I never loved Beetlejuice's graveyard mashup, Beetlejuice and Universal just go hand in hand so perfectly. So it's nice that Beetlejuice is still getting tribute in the tribute store, and it's it's a place that people can go and get lots of photos and and get some merch from, and that's that's just good. That keeps that Halloween spirit alive in the long run at Universal. And the other room that was placed inside the Tribute Store is a room that's dedicated to getting snacks. And when I heard that this was a possibility, I thought it was actually a brilliant idea that they they can keep the event alive by at least offering some of the snacks and food items that are synonymous with the event. And they have snuck the treats into the Tribute Store, and, and people seem to be responding really well to what's being offered in there. I know the the gummy heart that's actually beating has been probably the most visually popular item that's being sold. And then there's a lot of standard universal treats that are just getting the Halloween makeover as well, which there's no problem with that. But uh, it's a nice way to keep people invested in the event. Keep them coming back. They're not going to try all the snacks at once. So there's a lot of repeat value in coming into that store, buying different snacks throughout the entire Halloween season. And on top of that, too, they're actually releasing some of the food items in in different places. So Louie's has pizza fries for the time being as well, too. And everyone loves pizza fries at HHN. So it's another positive step in the right direction for trying to celebrate Halloween. That's it for the news this week. Nothing else left to cover. Hopefully, we will be able to fill this in with a video real soon from Universal Orlando and give you a visual taste of that. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. If you need any extra information uh, regarding the Diz Unplugged, you can always head over to disunplugged.com, the home of our show notes page, for this show and all of the others on the Diz Unplugged podcast network. You can find links to our social media pages also at disunplugged.com. If you want to help out the show in a major way, I just want to ask everyone out there to please subscribe to the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. If you haven't yet, please leave us positive ratings and reviews because the more positive ratings and reviews we get, the more other people will find out about us and that way they can get that same knowledge and entertainment or whatever you find appealing about this. Other people can find that as well too. So that would mean a lot if you could do that. And if you need to reach out to me in any way, shape or form, you can do so on Twitter or Instagram at teleclaster and if you have any questions you want to ask for an upcoming question and answer episode that is the best way to get in touch with us so thank you once again out there for everyone who is listening to this i really appreciate it and we'll see you again real soon with another episode of the diz unplugged universal edition but until then remember we still have not changed the name